Welcome to That Hockey Show, part of the Go Hockey Media Radio Network. It's time to hit the ice for some puck talk, no matter how many teeth you have left, with some of the sharpest line mates covering the game. We're going coast to coast and through the neutral zone to light the lamp with all the latest hockey chirping you can handle. So, you better keep your head up, because the team at THS always finishes their checks. It's showtime. Let's drop the puck, and if we have to, drop the gloves on That Hockey Show, where the game is always on. That's right, the game is always on right here at THS. Welcome to That Hockey Show, ladies and gentlemen. Wednesday edition, episode 8, I believe it's week 12 of this NHL 21-22 campaign for Lord Stanley's Silver Chalice sometime next summer. Wow, with the way COVID's been running back into the league right now, the horizon is uh, a little foggy out there, we'll say that to the least. But anyway... Welcome aboard, yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, man on the boards here at THS on Long Island in New York. And as always, I'll be bringing on my THS line mates, Joe Yarden's back today in the great city of Buffalo. We'll uh, catch up on the Sabres, see what's happening there. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, always go out to Chicago and we'll talk some Hawks with Tad Bamford as well. And then, last but not least, always, not from the West Coast anymore, but down south, on the Mason-Dixon line down in Texas, Mr. Steve Palumbo will wrap out the show for us uh, today, as he does every week for us. And uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, we're hoping to have Costa back next year in January. I think it's probably been a good thing that, uh, you know, Costa's taking a break with the way the half season is going here so far. But anyway, uh, full um, full slate of games last night, 12 games we got three games tonight, a couple of games postponed as well last night. We're going to get into it today, all the latest headlines, what's going on uh, with the guys and everything. But uh, just to, to run through what's happening, man, first of all, man, Bruce Boudreaux, I got into that. I saw the, the score early uh, with the Jackets and the Canucks last night, and uh, the Blue Jackets were up 3 nothing, And I'm like, wow, this uh, bring Vancouver back down to earth. And then I see that they, uh, they came back and whooped their arses 4-3. Last night, bravo, Mr. Bruce Boudreaux and the Vancouver Canucks collecting points while the Edmonton Oilers are struggling. So, look, we'll just run down what happened last night. The Knights uh, beat the Bruins 4-1. I think March and a couple of the Bruins are in uh, COVID protocol. So, they're, uh, protocol, they're in a little, uh, you know, shorthanded situation. As this is going on across the whole league right now again. And I know there's some decisions. I'm sorry I didn't see the news yet, but I don't know if any decisions are made. Uh, but they were thinking about bringing back some of the mandates uh, with the league last year. You know, it's crazy. Here we are a year later, this time last year, uh, especially up here in the Northeast. So all of us were in pretty much still quarantine and mass mandates, didn't have the vaccinations and everything. So, um, you know, it's COVID's coming back here a little bit, uh, you know, with the holidays and Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, the Christmas holidays as well, too. Personally, as a musician, I just had a, a show canceled on Friday because a couple people were testing positive. So it's still happening. It's still part of our life, unfortunately, here with COVID. So anyway, uh, moving on here. Kings last night uh, lost to the Lightning in overtime 3-2. to two. The Senators put a walloping on the Florida Panthers in their home barn 8-2. to two. I guess every team is going to have one of these stinkers uh, across the uh, – the season that goes. This might be the second one for the Panthers. Anyway, uh, bravo Ottawa for uh, giving it to the Cats last night. Uh, Flyers come back. Wow. Uh, I mean, 
Look, I hate to pick up, uh, you know, beat up on the Devils, and we'll get into it a little later with Steve, too. But, I mean, Flyers won 6-1 last night. You know, the Islanders got their first win against the Devils, uh, you know, a couple of nights ago, too. So, unfortunately, the Devils are just not that strong right now, uh, still fi- trying to find their way. So, I guess if your team's struggling, the Devils might be the team that you want on your um, schedule, along with the Montreal Canadiens, who lost again last night to the Penguins 5-2. Uh, Sid and the boys uh, putting a beating on uh, the Habs uh, last night. Uh, unfortunately for Montreal, uh, Jeff Corton's got a lot of work to do there, uh, as well as the... Uh, the rest of the staff, front office, everything else. Look at this. The New York Islanders, I tweeted this out last night, played very average against a very average Red Wings team. And no disrespect to Detroit and everything else, but they're, you know, quote-unquote in the building uh, process. The Islanders are still trying to get their act together. They get their first win at UBS last week. But, man, that's a tough two points to lose to Detroit, man, when you're trying to get back into the mix. I mean, this is December. By the end of this month, man, if the Islanders don't start banking some points here over the next couple of weeks, they may officially be done. I don't care about the St. Louis Blues and what they did a couple years ago. This is a different, uh, this is a different beast here, different set of talent. I think the Islanders are just maybe. I know they went through the injuries and, and the, uh, the the COVID here this week, uh, this, this this season so far as well. Um, I get it, but this is also a team that the last two seasons went very deep into the playoffs, very unique kinds of playoffs, and and getting so close to getting to the Stanley Cup Finals and coming up short. I'm sure this weighs on a lot of the guys on this team, and everything else. But, hey, look, no excuses, right? Everybody else is playing the rest of the league. Tampa's back there doing it, too. They, you know, they won, obviously, a little high, but, you know, they played just as much hockey as uh, the Islanders did the last two seasons. So, um, Trotz has got to find a way, and they, they got to find a way real soon. All right, Sabres, we'll get into it with Joe. Four spot up against the Jets last night. Nice win for the Sabres. Uh Pekka Luka Luka Lulinen, uh, however we pronounce his name, we'll get it uh, confirmed again with uh, Joe and we talked to him in a little bit. Uh, playing pretty well for the Sabres. And um, you know, forgive me if he wasn't in the lineup. I'm pretty sure he was, though, uh, last night. But uh, playing pretty well. The kids, uh, I asked Joe a while back when he was going to get a look, and he's getting a look, which is good. Uh, Blues, four win against the Stars last night. Uh, my Rangers losing again to the Colorado Avalanche, 4-2. to two. The Avs have won their fifth straight, along with the Penguins before, too. They've won five in a row as well. And the Canucks, too, uh, just uh, mentioned him before, and we'll get into that uh, a little later on today again as well, too. But they get their fifth win against the Canucks. The Oilers here are losing six, street, six straight huh, to uh, the Oilers last night. Man, are the Oilers done? Is it all over? Is it finished? Because the way Calgary's playing, you know, and Anaheim's playing, I don't know. These are not the time to be giving up the points here. And the, the way that the Canucks have turned things around, there's a lot of pressure on McDavid and Dreisaitl and the rest of that crew, uh, Dave Tippett and everything uh, in Edmonton. To uh, this, this is not supposed to be happening. This is a terrible time for them to uh, to start losing points, especially with the way uh, some of the teams in their division are playing. The Kraken beat the Sharks last night, three to one. And I think as the uh, the Kraken posted on the social media, the first battle of the sea creatures. Uh, goes to the Seattle Kraken, 3-1. Kraken mixing it up. Sharks, you know, doing their thing. You know, it is what it is between those two teams. Uh, but congrats to the Kraken. They're getting a uh, a win on the road. And the uh, final two games last night, Calgary and Nashville postponed. Calgary having COVID problems, players in protocol. And same thing with Carolina and Minnesota also uh, canceled last night. Uh, we wish speed of recovery for those guys. It's it, the, the word is, is that these guys are mostly asymptomatic. Uh, they don't have symptoms. Nobody's going to the hospital, but it's just the way the testing goes. If you test positive, you got to sit out and you got to wait and whatever the quarantine is now, seven to ten days. And, and uh, you know, this is just what's going on. So the league's got to figure this out. 
Um, and uh, we'll get into this with the guys today, too, and maybe get their thoughts on, on which way the league should go. Uh, tonight, you got three games on the schneid there, the Caps and the Hawks. Uh, good one. We'll get into that with, um, with Tab on the Blackhawks, see how they've been doing, or what he feels about this game here tonight. We talked about uh, him and uh, Derek King, with him last week about Derek King and the Hawks, obviously coming off that uh, big uh, – Against, game against the Rangers with Truba and, and Carr getting knocked out and all that other stuff. So we'll we'll follow up and and, and uh, we'll, we'll look at that. We'll pregame that that Hawks Caps game there a little bit tonight. Rangers go right back out against the Coyotes. If the Rangers don't win tonight against the Coyotes, no disrespect to the Arizona Coyotes and the fan base, but Rangers don't come home if you don't win this game tonight. That's just my thoughts. And uh, the Yotes, man, are they staying? Or are they going there? Probably uh, time to look at the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, looking for a new city to play in. And rounding it out tonight is the Kraken going up against a very, very fun and talented Anaheim Ducks this evening as well. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, looking around the league as far as stats, Dreisaitl is still leading the league, uh, tied with Connor McDavid with 45. Alex Ovechkin right behind those two guys with 44 points. Uh, Dreisaitl leading the league in goals with 23. Ovi behind him and Austin Matthews both with 20 each as well. Uh, Connor McDavid, 29 assists. Kadri, 26 in Colorado, and Adam Fox with the Rangers uh, on defense there with 25 uh, helpers of his own. Power play goals at this time of the year. Might as well talk about Dreisel. has got 13. Uh, Chris Kreider behind him with 10 on the Rangers, and Austin Matthews in Toronto has 8. Um, yeah, short-handed goals. Riley Smith, yay, 2. Cam Apskin, yay, 2. It's weird. Maybe I guess not a lot of short-handed goals obviously being scored uh, this season, so uh, good on the special teams, or either that's really just uh, bad on the Power play units of all these teams. As far as uh, wins and goal, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the best guy, and, and no disrespect to Jack, uh, Jack Campbell and Cam Talbot, who also both have 15 wins. All three of those guys have 15 wins. Uh, they've got uh, Vasilevsky uh, up there at the top and rounding out the stats like I always do here. Jacob Marstrom has five shutouts, but Tristan Jarry on the Pittsburgh Penguins has caught up with three, and his three other goaltenders as well tied. Uh, with three, and that's uh, Ilya Sorokin there on, on the island, um, Sansonov in, in Washington as well, and um, wow, you know, Vasilevsky has got two, and Jake Allen, all that other stuff, and it goes on from there. So look, there's a little rundown of just what's basically going on, what's happening. You guys all know this. You have the apps and stuff, but this is my little stick, my little spiel that we do here on THS. Excited to be back. Um, we're, um, like I said, I was away the last couple of weeks we did a, a show last week uh like i said joe had the week off and i got the show out a little late but uh if you want to check in the last episode it's up we were off pretty much almost two three weeks prior to that just uh personal commitments you know thanksgiving holiday and all that other stuff so our game plan is we're going to do the show today and we're also going to hopefully have a hit before uh you know christmas eve and christmas next week and then um you know we'll get hopefully a, a show in you know a post you know pretty much post the uh, winter classic which is coming up here uh, with the uh, the Blues and Minnesota in Target Field uh, in Minnesota. So uh, hopefully that works out and COVID doesn't shut that thing down at all. And we'll also get into, um, we'll keep monitoring what's going on with uh, the COVID and, you know, get the guys. Uh, my personal opinion with the Olympics, man, with as far as, you know, what China's doing with their protocols and everything else. I mean, to if it was under normal condition, conditions, yeah, 100%. Go, go to the Olympics, represent your country and have a blast. It'd be awesome. But, man, if you test positive, you're gonna fly all halfway across the world, and then if you get there, and you t- then you gotta sit. I mean, what are you doing there? You're gonna. Be le- I I just don't see the NHL. Uh, personally, for me, if it was me, young guy, whatever, I I wouldn't go. It's just too much too much of a chance to get all the way over there, traveling and 
foreign country, and then boom, you get tested positive, and what are you going to do? You can't play. You made that trip for nothing. You're not, you're not going to go to sightseeing, you know? It's not like you're going to go around and see Beijing if you're tested positive. So um, big move here for the uh, NHL to make a decision here very soon, and that'll determine how our February is going to be here um, in North America with regards to the league coming back and so on and so forth. Um, another exciting thing that I always look forward to this year is the World Juniors. That's coming up here in a couple of weeks. Always played around uh, between Christmas and New Year's. And uh, looking forward to that. USA and Canada and pretty much all the teams have released their rosters. I haven't looked through them uh, all that yet. Maybe we'll do a little more of that uh, next week as we kind of maybe preempt the World Juniors tournament uh, next week before Christmas. All right. Um, so, look, uh, just want to thank you guys as always, as I always do. Thanks for following us and supporting us. We appreciate the uh, audience as well. Follow us everywhere at That Hockey Show. All the archives and all the links to your famous, famous, favorite podcast platforms are all at tshsradio.com. Man, I can't speak today. Maybe it's the green tea I'm drinking right now. Who knows? But anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in to THS. Well, as you know, folks, that's enough of me. It's time to bring in my line mates, starting off as always in the face-off circle. Oh, my God. Joe, I can't even speak anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Mr. Joe Yannon. Off a little break last week. Just wasn't the same without you, pal. So glad to have you back. How you doing, buddy? How things going See, on in Buffalo? Paulie, I, I, must have, I must have wore you out because you can't, you can't use words anymore. So <laughs> it's, it's, a good thing it's a good thing you brought me back because... Was it, if it was another week, it's a good thing I came back. I can't see. Not like it kept me off the show. Jeez. But, like, <laughs> it's uh, – see, I can't use words either. Whatever you got, I got it now. So we're, this this should be a fun segment. <laughs> you know what it is, man? I think it's because this morning when I when I checked the Vancouver-Columbus score, my jaw dropped to the ground because I thought <laughs> the Blue Jackets had it under control last night. Mm -hmm. And Brucey's bad boys come back and smacked them with the win five in a row. What's the story? Bruce, there it is, man. Like I, I love Bruce Boudreaux. He's always been a favorite of mine. And like, to me, he's always been the, like one of those coaches that like likes to push the pace. Like they used to do back in the eighties, like when, you know, when hockey was a lot of fun and like goalies couldn't stop anything. Like, you know, the pace was up, like all that stuff. Bruce plays that sort of hockey. Like he played that sort of hockey when he was playing and he coaches it that way too, which I love. And honestly, that Vancouver team needed something like that you know they needed just they just needed a, somebody else and that's no knock on Travis Green Travis Green was given a pile of crap to you know to try to mold and, and deal with like he had had a pile of crap in Utica and did great with it and then you know he's they, like he's here still finding his way you know I mean yeah like, that's a tough first there, it's job like uh, oh I need to get back on the horse all right just you know, he's yeah. like he was joking around when he got back on the ice for practice there for the first time. He was terrified yeah. because he had him on the skates. But, man, uh, I'm with you, bro. I, I you know, I, I like what's going on. It's fun. Why not? Yeah. I mean, and honestly, having Boudreaux back in is great because, you know, unlike other, you know, other like coaches that get, you know, that have gone through the recycler um, where you're just kind of like, oh, boy, here we go with this guy. Either his shtick or his coaching style or the kind of hockey that they like to play. It's kind of like, oh, boy, here we go. And this is going to be annoying. And that instead it's, it's Bruce. It's like Bruce is Bruce is a talker. You love talking to him. You love hearing from him. And then his style of play is fun. Like they, they play, you know, it's a more up pace style of hockey. And it's it's a lot more enjoyable to watch. So that to me is everything about that is makes it a, a 
beautiful signing. Like that's that was the, the right guy. I don't know if it's the right thing totally for them because they seem to be kind of caught in a weird purgatory of like, do they tear it all down or do they try to fight through and keep, you know, rebuild on the fly? But like, whatever, man, five in a row is five in a row. That's a great, it's, it works. It works out great now. Yeah. And he was losing six in a row. So hey, this is, there's a window open there, man. <laughs> Calgary's, I mean, Calgary's not playing because they're in COVID. So pick right? up as much points as you can right now. You never know. Right, just pile them in. You know, and, division honestly, champions. Why not? Honestly, that division, like, Aside from Edmonton, I think that whole division is was dicey to begin with. I think like anybody could have anybody who gets hot could have could have made a could have made a run there. That's why I think, you know, Calgary starting off the way they did was was great for them. Uh, we'll see how they how they get sorted through the covid stuff. But that's why I was like, you know, before the before the season and before even the, the expansion draft happened, people were just like, hey, if Seattle does a Vegas type has a Vegas type expansion draft, they might be they might be a playoff team right away because it Division's bad. Like it's supposed to be bad, and it still is kind of bad. But like, opportunities there. Like that's that's the whole thing. Like you like there's at least three play, you know playoff spots to be had. Just got to get second or third. Like if Edmonton, if you if you've said it's like fate accompli that Edmonton's going to be number one, you got a shot at two or three because who knows who knows who's gonna who's gonna do anything because the division's bad. It's a it's a bad division, and it's not the only bad division either. So I no. Mean- Look, if you're if you're an NHL fan right now, and it, it's it's kind of like the league is kind of the top half, the haves and the have-nots at the bottom. So we we get towards the spring, and we we're going to get into it today. There's so much on the horizon uh, mm-hmm. with with how you know the COVID, whether they go to the Olympics, you know that's going to be huge because February could be totally different here if they don't go to the Olympics, you know, and it's going to scrunch things up. I think Tad brought up a good point last week too that. You might see more trade moves early this year than later, uh, depending on what happens with the Olympics as too as well. So and and yeah, you can imagine. Yeah, that. I, yeah. I I mean, hey, listen, uh, an earlier trade deadline is always okay by me. If you're going to be making, if you want to get out ahead of it, fine, cool, like like get it done, <laughs> get it done, man, because that makes it shake it up, make it more fun. Because there's nothing worse than those games in like January, February, where it's just like it's the middle of the season. There's nothing on the line yet. Like you're not thinking about playoffs yet, and you're just kind of like, all right, let's just get through it. Like let's just make our way through. We'll get, you know, be get interesting once you hit March. Be make it interesting in February, and like we're gonna be going deep into April for the regular season now. So it's like, all right, let's stretch it out. Let's pull an NFL, make it make it newsworthy the entire th- way through with with you know anything that's mildly good. <laughs> yeah, like you know not don't, don't make it like just i mean it might be impossible to avoid but don't make it like all covid sitting you know you know guys missing out from covid and all that like try to avoid that try to i mean the, the whole olympic thing is going to be a giant shadow over everything until they decide what happens there but um but yeah just make it fun make it fun for everybody well, that's let me the whole ask thing you, since since you brought up the olympics here if you were in the nhl right now and i guess like i said the, the league is going to make its decision I personally, if it was under normal circumstances, I think going to, to China is is a big deal to begin with, you know, mm-hmm. just because of the way world tensions are and all that other stuff. But with their COVID protocol and the testing and everything else, you make that trip. I was talking about it in the intro today, too. You make that trip, you test positive, you're done. You can't play in the – it's a two-week tournament. You're done. And mm-hmm. you certainly can't go sightseeing, Joe. So nope. – why and, why take that chance? Why would they do it this year? 
the way the reason why they do it is because they've been wanting the they the Olympics is the main thing that they they dig in for every labor every the, labor the thing. Players going to have the chance. They they going to have the option to personally say I don't want to go. Right. Yeah. I, oh yeah. I so mean, who's going? That's great question. Like I, I are you going, I Joe? That, that was my original question. Would you go? Uh, if it's me, no, because the threat of, you know, I mean, you don't know if you'll, you don't know if you'll catch it. Even if you're boosted, like you still get, you still run the chance of getting it. Um, but then the, the threat of having to stay there three to five weeks, you know, country quarantine. No, thanks. No, thanks, man. Like, I don't, I mean, a vacation to China, maybe, you know, or right. Like Turks and Caicos. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in, you know, I'll take a chance. Listen, if you're allowed to like sightsee and do, do whatever, like a month in China, there's worse things, but like (laughs) you're sitting, you're sitting in a hotel room, probably not a great one, like (laughs) hanging out for a month. Can't do anything. No, thanks. No, thanks. I don't, I wouldn't want any part of that. Like that's, I would want no part of that, but that's me. Like that's, I'm not I'm not a guy who's, you know, played hockey for years and years. And the thought of playing for your country is something that's a big motivation to become a great player and to do that, you know, to do that. Like, that's that ain't me. Like, I wish that was me. I'd be, be very well off and I'd be, <laughs> I'd be having a nice life. Exactly. But like, but instead, it's, you know, it's easy for me to sit, sit on the sidelines and go, no, hell no, I wouldn't do that. Like, even even if I was offered the offered the opportunity to go cover the Olympics, which would be great. Like, I mean, that'd be an amazing opportunity. You think I want to go? No. Like, I mean, pay me enough money. Maybe I'll think about it. But like, I don't, I, to run the risk of having to be there, you know, throw, you know, throw in a NASA astronaut suit and I'll think about it. <laughs> right. Give me, give me like one of those radiation suits or something, you know, or beekeeper outfit. I don't know anything, you know, give me, you know, I'll wear a gas mask around. That'd be weird, but you know. <laughs> Whatever, man. Like, just oh, man. <laughs> like, there's no way. Like, the possibility. Like, and it can be of no fault of your own either. Like, that's that's the that's the worst part of COVID. You could just be doing regular regular ass stuff, and then, oops, you got it. Like, sucks. I mean, most of these guys right now in the league, right? The guys that are getting tested, they're testing positive, and mm-hmm. th- nobody's having any symptoms, and nobody's going to the hospital. But it's just you, you know, you test positive, you got to do the quarantine, and that's basically what's going on, and. Uh, that's the issue, but um, you know, I guess maybe some teams would prefer the. Like I said, we don't want anybody to get sick. We don't want anybody to go to the hospital. We don't make light of it. But I, you know, you, you take a team like the Sabers right now, doing a whole lot of losing. Uh, I know they went through the the COVID last year <laughs> and the protocol, uh, but the division play a little different. But um, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of teams could use a break. There's teams that are getting a, a unforced break right now, and then you get the teams like uh, like I said, the Sabers here and the Canadians and. Man, the Oilers as well, too. But uh, let's talk about the Sabres a little bit here. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of losing, but uh, a little bit of Uka Pekka Lukanonen. Is that how you yeah. say his name? Would Uka Pekka Lukanen. There you go. Uka Pekka Lukanen. Yes. It, he's, it's been really nice to have a goalie playing in Buffalo that's not giving up five goals a game. <laughs> like, that's it's amazing that that Four, has to be but said. but not five. Right. He's <laughs> he's had four starts and he's given up two goals each game. I would, you know, right now, if I'm Don Granato, I'm doing backflips about yeah. that. <laughs> like, I'm really excited. And he's played well. Like, that's the other part of it. He's played really well. 
And this is, I mean, this is the guy that ever, you know, everybody's been like, he's coming, he's coming. He's going to, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. And the plan this year was to have him play almost exclusively in Rochester to get, to get him his minutes, get him his games, get him ready to be a pro guy. You know, he got kind of pressed into games last year because of injuries and COVID and all that stuff. And, you know, he gets pressed into action this year because of injuries and COVID again this year, you know, Tokarski goes out, um, you know, Aaron Dell was bad. You know, they, you know, they had just a whole bunch of stuff just goes sideways. Yeah. And, you know, Craig Anderson gets hurt. Like just stuff goes wrong and he gets pressed into duty. Well, look at this. They got a goalie. They got a guy, you know, he's stopping, you know, you know, he's got like a save percentage of like 930, 920, you know, 925, something like that. He's playing great. He's facing a lot of rubber. There's no doubt about it. You know what, though? He faced a lot of rubber when he was in juniors in Sudbury and he th- thrived. He was yeah, the was best goal. Say, he the best goal it. in the OHL. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty good. Like, I mean, he. Some guys. It's crazy how some guys are like that. Like some guys just want to have a nice casual, you know, twenty save night. Call you know, call it a night. They want a Marty Brodeur night. Not everybody wants a Hoshik night. <laughs> you don't want to be standing <laughs> on your head facing fifty shots a game. You know, nobody. You know, nobody really wants to have that every night. But I think it's. You know, I think when he keeps busier, he's almost better. Because, you know, you can stay sharp, you can stay focused, you know, it's, it's always those games where if you don't see a shot for like eight minutes, you know, that, that first shot you see is suddenly giving you, you know, it's handcuffing you, it's giving you trouble, or maybe it gets by you. Like, that's no fun. Because then it's like, geez, why can't this guy make a stop? Like, come on, he didn't see any pucks. Like, geez, get it together. But like, in this case, it's just, hey man, like the defense, like there's still issues. There's still a lot of issues. But it's crazy though, because they beat Winnipeg four to two. They get a couple goals from Darlene. Lukanen plays great. Yep. And people are like, hey, all right, we got things going. Never mind they didn't win the last seven games. Like, <laughs> never, you know, we never mind that. <laughs> Everybody's just kind of like, hey, all right. You know, this, things are looking better now. So like, it, it, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much in Buffalo to, to, to kind of improve the mindset. Because honestly, like, why not? Like, I mean, it, it, you, this whole season's about building for the future. You know, and seeing the young guys like this do well, you know, Darlene the last like three, four, five games has been dynamite. Perhaps not coincidentally because Lukanen has been really good in goal, Mm -hmm. which it's nice when you're a defenseman to know that your goalie is going to make some saves so you don't have to play hero puck all night. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's that 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 I think is not being counted on enough. I'm making sure to say it everywhere I go. (laughs) So maybe it will get out there. But like it, it says a lot that he's looked dynamite. Darlene's like dynamite the last three or four games. So, you know, it's little things. You gotta you can't take big steps this year. Like you can take little steps that maybe build to a, a larger step, but like you're not taking huge leaps this year. And hey, Lucan plays great. Darlene gets his head on together and he plays great the rest of the way. Perfect. Good. And I imagine I would imagine the um the vibes outside the building would be, you know, collectively, if you can look at it in the same way, like you said, you just said, take little things over the big things. Um, you know, they're off tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll see if they play Minnesota tomorrow and then Pittsburgh and then uh, hope for a couple of games next week. Colorado coming in, Columbus, and uh, back-to-backs there. Not back-to-back, a couple of games with Columbus. But, um, you know, you, you're just going to take this week to week with this team. Joe, real quick, I want to say, you know, watching the Rangers in there the other night, uh, mm-hmm. number one, love the flip of the jerseys. Love the whites at home. And the yeah. blues on the road. That was fantastic. It brought me back. Um, kind of painful to see the empty seats in the stains. In the, in the stains, man. Hold on a second. Let me take a sip of my tea. <laughs> the empty Words are seats hard, Paulie. Words are hard. Stands. 
Dear Lord. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Don't worry, the yeah, seats have a lot of stains on them. Yeah. <laughs> Beer stains. Popcorn <laughs> stains. Yes, I could. I could see all the stains, Joe, because there weren't fans in the stands. Yes. Yeah. It's. Uh, listen. This is the bed the ownership's made. You know, like this. You could see this. Like we saw this coming a mile away. We saw it coming last year. Like they opened up the games to like three thousand fans when they when they started letting fans in the games. They couldn't get 3,000 fans. They couldn't get 1,000 fans for these games. Like, you know, last year was a horrible year. Like, let's not get it twisted. It's not like people were running to the box office to, to try to get tickets to, you know, to get their get, to get their vaccinations and run in to see the Sabres get their teeth kicked in by five. But, like, you know, nobody was doing that. But, man, like, this has been building for years. Like, I mean, 10 years without the playoffs, probably going on 11. It's going to be 11 after this year. Like, that's a long time, man. Like, that's... Or is it going to be 11 this year? I don't know. They made it in 2011. I don't know. At I, this math point, is, Joe, does it matter? Math is hard. Does it, it's double figures is the point. Like, <laughs> it, it's when, when it's been that bad for that for this long, and then, you know, you know everything that happens with Eichel, like, that looks bad. You know, Who? you trade Reinhardt. That's bad. Yeah. 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 You know, that, that guy, he's, <laughs> he's, I guess he's in Vegas now. I, I don't know. Curly-haired dude. I, I, I forget. But, like, it's uh, – like this is this is no surprise. Like this is no surprise. This has been like a foundering f- franchise for years, at, at least on, on appearance. Like, and you know they've changed their message three times around to say like, "Hey, no, we got it figured out this time." Like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, maybe they do now. We'll see. Like, the the vibes are positive at least now. Like, they see the you know the guys they drafted this past year all seem to be doing well. Jack Quinn is lighting up the AHL. That's great. Love to see that. JJ Paterka's looked pretty good in the AHL as well. So like you're, you're excited about these guys, you know, they get Peyton Krebs in the Eichel deal. Like it's another young guy. That's exciting. Like maybe we'll, maybe they'll see him up at some point this year. You like seeing that, like those are good building blocks. And you know, some of these kids, like they got four, I think they got four guys that are going to be playing in the world junior championships. So like, that's good. It's nice to see, like you want to, you want to get those kinds of building blocks, but like, you know, right now it's not great. (laughs) You know, like I think, I think even, I think even the Ranger game, I think that was Hockey Fights Cancer Night, if I'm not mistaken. I might be mistaken. No, that no, it was a different night. Sorry. Um, but, like, they had 10000 for the Hockey Fights Cancer Night, which is, like, okay. But there was a lot of giveaways, a lot of tickets given away for that for wow. charity purposes. Like, there's that. And the Rangers game, like, listen, I went to a concert Friday night while the Rangers were playing, you know, a concert right downtown, uh, you know, right near the arena. And you, usually that would mean traffic and like taking the train in to, to get to where we were going would be a madhouse. It was distinctly not a madhouse when I was going down there. And I was just kind of, oh man, this is a Rangers game. Like the train was filled with more Rangers fans than there were yeah. Sabres fans. So like, it's where you're at. Like that's where they're at right now. Like it's just, it's the way it is. You know, that's the way it is. I mean, the season ticket purchases are way down. Like there used to be a waiting list for this team to get seasons. There ain't a waiting list anymore. The see the the ticket people like they now go back to their list like of people that have said no in the past to be like, hey, how about this year? And they'll say, no, sorry, don't want them. Mm. You know, put a winning product on the ice. Things will change. The cold What's is that? blowing in too. The cold is blowing in here over yeah. the next two months. Well, I don't know. It's going to be like sixty here in a day or two. So like, it's, it's been weird. It's been a weird. We had yeah, snow the, one the day and then it gonna, melted the next. The bison's going to do. It. A charity game. <laughs> I might as well just have a bill, have a Bills Sabers Bison's three-way oh, softball man. game in the middle of December. Have oh, fun with it. 
Too much. All right, let's pop around here, around here a little a uh, little bit and uh, get you to say we talked about Bajor and the Canucks. Um, Oilers, man, losing six straight. Um, Sid, and the, Sid the kid in the pens, five in a row, they're putting up a spot. The Avs are on fire, man, looking good. They got everybody healthy. Things are rolling uh, along there. Um, the Cats lose 8-2 the other night to the Sens, and the Islanders, real real stinker last night against the Wings. I I think they, I think they might be done. The Islanders are done. You think they're done already? I think they're done. Yeah, I'm you looking. I'm looking at the points. When you, when you are that desperate for points, that desperate for points, and you're playing the mm-hmm. Detroit Red Wings. No disrespect to the Wings, you got to have that game last night. I know the kid. Yeah. I know the kid in Detroit played very well in goal last night. There's no doubt about it. But um, I and Barzell was out. But I still don't think that's that's the end of it. I mean, they they've got a scoring problem, man. Yeah. They're a bottom five team right now, which Ooh. is staggering. Like, they've got 19 points. Same same number of points as Ottawa's got, and Ottawa just put an eight eight spot on the Florida Panthers. You know, they're, they're two points ahead of Montreal, who's been abysmal. Like, the Habs are awful. And Arizona's got 12 points. Like, Arizona, we knew was going to be bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, they're playing, you know, they're playing a guy in goal that I don't think anybody had ever heard of. You know, before the season, uh, Vimelka or uh, uh, the Finnish kid. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he he played in Buffalo like a, you know last month, and I was just like, who? And I pride myself on hockey knowledge, man. Like I know a lot of I know a lot of people and a lot of players and a lot of dudes. This dude rolls in. I'm like, who is this? Like, is he <laughs> is he like this? Is he the equipment guy? Like, what's happening here? I was blown away, and then he he's played decently well for a god-awful team. So, I mean, you know, good good on him, man. Like, they they found this dude out of nowhere, and he's, you know, helped steady them while Carter Hutton's out. But but the Isles, man, I, I'm at a loss for it. Like, and everything about it just seems to be tinged with, I don't know, I don't know what it is, tinged with stink. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they throw it back to the future with Zidane Char bringing him back in, and he's looked every bit of being 43. Like, yeah, he he's, really he's is. Looked, I yeah, hate saying that because I love him. Yeah, it's tough. But it catches up to you sometimes. And he's looked rough. And, you know, they got, you got what? Pollock's out. Pellich got banged up the other game. You know, Barzal's got COVID. Their pets' heads are falling off. Like, everything is just going wrong. You know, they, they get in the new arena. Like, they have they actually won at the new arena yet? I, I, I forget. I don't know. My, my brother thinks that they might have built the arena on top of a horse grave. And uh, it's a little cursed. Well, that will do it. That will do it. <laughs> An ancient that's... horse burial ground. <laughs> yeah, that's the um... UBS arena. <laughs> <laughs> so many bets have died there too. Like, let's yeah. let's not get it lost. Let's not get it twisted. Oh my god! Oh, but man. you know how many how many triple crowns have died at Belmont for crying out loud? But yeah, it's uh, it's I just don't know, man. Like, like everything was pointed towards things being. A, a sky high for them this year. Like they get in the new building, they play, you know, they make the, what the Eastern conference final the last two years and run into the, you know, the eventual champ both times. Like you're thinking like, okay, this is the year they get over the hump because you know, all, all everything with the stars were aligned and nope, like not even close, like not even remotely close. And it's to the point where like, even people are just kind of like, is Barry Trotz going to be there much longer? And I'm like, well, no, he he's won't loop- bring in Tortorella. Clean he's Lou's guy, up. though. Bring like he's Lou's dude. Can you imagine Torts playing for Lou? Oh my God! I think I think next year 
is going to be their year. And, and and I'll bounce this at you, and you let me know why. They played very two very unique, uh, emotional, tough seasons in the past two years, and then obviously getting so close to the finals, putting a lot of miles on skates and everything else. Uh, the injuries, the COVID, everything else. I think Lou right now is finding out he's got dead weight on this team. And I think maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I think they might have to write this season off. Couple of good free agents maybe available next summer. They um Lou cleans house, tinkers with it a little bit. They've got a lot of talent in the team, Joe. Uh, yeah. the goaltenders yeah. the golden's pr- pretty solid. When you lose your top defensive guys pretty much for most of the beginning of the season, I know they had the long road trip too. You gotta throw that in there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, and you know this, Joe, from being a longtime hockey fan, sometimes there's that gap. There's that one really you get close, you get close. You know, I, I'm thinking mm-hmm. maybe the Dallas Stars there back in the late 90s, they got close, and then they, they, they stunk, and then they win. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Controversial, not blah, blah, blah. Maybe a bad example. For right, right, Buffalo right, right. fans listening, I apologize. <clears throat> yes, yes. But um, may, maybe maybe next year there's is their year. Um, it, it might line up a little better for them. I mean, I, I don't I don't see Parisi being around. I don't see Char being around. No. You know, I think there's a couple other guys, too, that they got to let go. You got to remember, too, Anders Lee is really still just getting himself back. Mm-hmm. As well, too, missing so much with that injury. that That's a killer kind of injury, too, I'm sure. Um, so I think there's a lot of things going on that maybe the Islanders, and if they don't get the points by the end of this month, Joe, and nothing kind of changes in the first couple oh, weeks yeah, of January, kiss, kiss a goodbye. hoist the flag up, man. Yeah. No, that, that's, I mean, and that's the right way to look at it, too, because how many teams that are that far out, aside from the St. Louis Blues two, <laughs> two years ago, then when you're that far out of it, do they come, do they bounce back and then they're like, Hey, look, we're great. Everything's fine. Like that's really rare. And I mean, I'm looking at like, where, how are the aisles against the cap? They're like, they're cap strapped, aren't they? Yeah. They've got, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I see a yeah, lot. They got of a guy them. in LTIR. So like, yeah, they're, yeah, they're they got issues. Yeah. And you know, like I, I think about, you know, uh, the, you know, they lose, they lose Everly in the expansion draft, which was just kind of like, all right, well, there's some offense going. They keep Kyle Palmieri because you're thinking, like, well, he played great here. He's been terrible. Like, he's he's had a horrible start to the year. Um, you know, Oliver Wallstrom is is seems like he's a fun player. So that's – I mean, th- th- there are some little bright spots here. Noah Dobson and Wallstrom, I think, you know, it's great to see them playing well, like playing well enough. You know, mm-hmm. and they're losing tons of games, but you may not notice. But like, My little guy loves Noah Dobson. He wants his jersey for, from Santa Claus this year. Nice. Very hard nice. for a Ranger fan dad to do, but I'm going to do it for him because <laughs> I want him to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a good. That's a good Santa job right there. But like, you know, Pajot, you know, I mean, Pajot is what he is. Like, he was always supposed to be like a He's third a pain line. He's ass these days. That's what he yeah. is. <laughs> right. Like, well, that's also part of his job. But like, you know, if you're counting on him to score big goal, big offense, that's wrong. Like, he was never going to do that. You know, Brock Nelson's, you know, he's scoring goals at least. So that's good. You know, but like everybody else is just kind of meh. Like, you know, they've had that they've had to throw key for bellows in a few times, which, you know, that's a prospect that they've been kind of waiting on for for a bit now. And you know, I don't know if it's there. Like that's that that's the thing. Like there's just so many of these dudes, and then you know, the whole thing with Komarov, you know, they send him they send him packing. You know, Cases Zekas has had injury issues, he had COVID, and then they gave him a nice contract, and he's been meh. Like he's just you know, again, fourth line center. Like, I don't know what you're expecting. But, you know, all these dudes, Andy Green looks old, you know, yeah. it's, you know, Chara and Green and like these old guys, man. Like, mm-hmm. how is this, how is a team that's got so many young dudes this old? 
Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. I, and I don't get it. I mean, but at least, you know, hey, Sorokins look great. Yep. You know, that's that's the main thing they got going for him. Varlamov, I don't know high, if he's though. toast. Shoot high. Yeah, yeah. Once the book's out, man, like the book stays out. That's the thing. But like, I don't know, man. He's got Mitch Corn there with him. Like that. That should be that should be fixed pretty easily, I think. With Mitch, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like that. There's there's so many questions with them, and I just can't figure it out. Like that's their style of play is meant for, for close games and end of the season and playoffs, but they're getting boat raced in the regular season because of it. It's it's rough. Yeah, I know. The fan base, the ownership had high hopes this season. It's really tough. And, man, you, you add a brand-new building that they have to – they want to fill. Um, so you might just see a very heavy comp- concert season in, in May and June <laughs> <laughs> at the UBS Arena uh, this year. So uh, I think they were very smart, uh, you know, to, you know, built for music and uh, for hockey or whatever the heck their slogan is, whatever going to do it joe last thing before i let you go we're, we're going to hold off on the juniors till next week and, and the winter okay. classic obviously uh we'll see a little bit a little be another week of uh covid and i'm sure we'll have more answers on the olympics next week too is uh i just want you to let everybody know about your brand new podcast and and yes. let everybody know uh, how noted hockey's going for you before i let you go yeah noted, noted hockey's been a little quiet because i've been building up the podcast yes. we have a brand new podcast that has it doesn't have a name yet so like it, we, we we pressed it into this uh, it's myself and Lance Lasowski from the Joe's Buffalo Hockey News. Jumping Joe's Hockey Jam. Come on, that's it. <laughs> Lance might get upset about that one. I don't, I don't, I don't, that's, that, that might be tough. Jumping but, Joe, uh, Lucky Lance. And the Hockey Jam. Now, Live. Now we're a couple, there you go. Couple now you got all the words going there. Gangsters Hockey. That's right, right there. That, that's a that long, might that's be a the long title. social media account name, though. <laughs> <laughs> but we got a – it's a new weekly show we're going to be doing. It's going to be out every Monday. Uh if you love if you love what I talk about with the Sabers, picture that plus more with Lance, who's covering the team uh, for the Buffalo News. So it's a lot a lot of Sabers talk and a lot of stuff to talk about because no matter how bad they are, they're never not interesting. So mm-hmm. that's uh, it, it's great to see that now that we've got that going. Um, so stay poised for that. We're gonna get it on Apple. We're gonna get it on Spotify. We're gonna get it on all those places soon. Uh, so it'll be there to be found, but like you can find it right now through, uh, my Twitter account at Joe Yurden or at Lance's Twitter account at L Lysowski, L Y S O W S K I. I think I spelled that right. Um, so yeah, so you can find it there. You can find us linking it to there. I'm plugging it like crazy. Like I'm, you know, like I'm a, you know, a carnival barker. So easy to find there. Uh, but we'll, like I said, we'll get it out to all the places there, but every Monday we'll be doing it. So well, everybody will have it. We'll be doing nice. it Sunday nights, but we'll have it every Monday for you. All right, good. And we'll keep plugging it here at THS, man. Cause we love you, Joe. Quick question. Um, the wonderful, uh, lady who does your artwork for noted hockey, will she be doing all the graphics for your podcast? Cause, uh, yeah, she's fantastic. Um, I got to ask her about it to see if she's interested. She's got, she's got a new full-time gig. So like, I don't want to, I hate stepping on toes, but right. I do, I do know some other artists, but like. Man, she's killed it. She's absolutely killed it. Like she's helped me out with noted hockey so crazy. Uh, jo- Joanna Ebert, she's fantastic. Just yes, everything she, she does is dynamite. She's absolutely great stuff. And like, I'll tell you that, like some inside hockey stuff. The P- the the piece she did on Cody Eakin uh, when I I wrote something on Cody Eakin a few weeks ago. Yeah, saw. Um, and uh, the the P- the art piece she did for that, which is dynamite. Uh, Cody Eakin reached out to me to be like, hey, how can I get a hold of her? I want to buy a print. I was like, hell yeah, man, let's That's go. Amazing. So, so that's, that's awesome. So like I love seeing stuff like that. That's that's great. So um so yeah, but yeah, it's uh yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens. We got to get a name first, though, Paul. We need a name, we need a name for the podcast before we can have art. 
I'll send you about 20 different variations, man. You, you, you see what you do. I'll throw some in there, man. <laughs> a cup of joe and uh an appetizer you know we'll, we'll figure something out i know you guys do it too but man it's, it's great news buddy more joe yurden on the air or on the paper or on the computer is great stuff for the hockey world and the world in general joe you're the best love you have a super weekend i'll see you on the twitter and uh, we'll be back here next week buddy for the christmas holiday. oh yep that's right man it's christmas oh my god christmas too soon it's next week yeah man Oh, my God. A little God. closer to spring, buddy. I better start shopping. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. I'll send you a list of demands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Love you, man. Have a great day. Love you, too, boss. Be good, man. Take care, bye. Joe Yard, ladies and gentlemen, right here on THS. And THS rolls out. Well, all right. It's time to head out to Chi-Town. We just got some great news. Dan Aykroyd and James Belushi and the Blues Brothers are playing out here in Long Island in the spring, baby. My favorite movie. Chicago Boys. One of my favorite Chicago Boys is Mr. Tab Bamford. What's going on, brother? Welcome back to THS. Oh, man. Let me tell you. It's, uh... It is in the mid-60s. What the hell's going on on this planet? Ten days from Christmas. Supposed to have a high of 65 today. I'm sitting here in a short sleeve shirt, of course, enjoying a fine cigar. Um, it's it, it's it's crazy, but uh, it is weird, man. You know, I'm, I'm sure it'll probably even out, and we'll probably get snow in like mid-April. Um, but yeah, you know, my I think my primary concern with it being in the mid 60s and mid December is. Uh, the United Center has a history of having crappy ice when it's warm outside. Uh, so what will the ice surface play like when the Blackhawks host uh, whomever is healthy enough to skate for the Washington Capitals this evening? Um, beautiful Wednesday, the 15th of December. Yes, uh, the league is going through its little bit of uh, COVIDness again. I guess it's pretty much been going since the start of the year here, too. You know, uh, or, or whatever teams we can think back on, I know the Islanders, too, and a couple other teams, too. We've got some games postponed, obviously, and, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the Olympics now. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit later. But, uh, you know, since we last talked, we spoke before um, Flurry got his 500th. So I want to start with that today before we talk about the team. And uh, you did a great column for the fourth period as well, too. I mean, um, you know, how lucky are you, you know, uh, being a great writer? And I know you got the Hawks book going out. And, I, you know, I say this is, you know, I say lucky in a, in a great way that, you know, Andre Fleury comes to the Blackhawks. And obviously you covering the team for so many years and you, you're so very familiar with the history. And then you get a guy like Mark Andre Fleury, a guy who's played obviously through us growing up, you know, the last fifteen years, sixteen years, and stuff in the league. And um, he goes into Montreal and he gets the two nothing shutout in his five hundredth win, and and you get the opportunity now to write this this great column on the fourth period. Just uh, take us in there with that about him. And, and what was great was the celebration from the teammates. You know, a brand new team, rocky start in the beginning, new coach, things turned a lot around a little bit. And I have to say, Mark's been playing as well as he can, and. His attitude, I think, is great, and I think, uh, you know, seeing that celebration feeding off, I think uh, it's a great story, and uh, that's why I say you're lucky in the sense that you get to kind of cover this and do a feature on it. Yeah, so um, the I've been writing for the guys at the 4th Period magazine now for probably 
11, maybe 12 years. Uh, and I've been fortunate to do a lot of the cover stories for the physical magazine. And the winter 2011 issue, uh, the cover story, which I, again, was fortunate to write, was on a then young, younger than he is now, Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, and so it was, it was, it was fun. I was, I was texting back and forth with Dave Paniota a little bit, um, just asking him about like looking back and he, you know, he sent me a copy of the cover that I, I tweeted out and I think he tweeted out too, um, that, you know, 10 or 11 years ago, we were talking about this guy who was changing the game for Pittsburgh at that point, you know, they'd been to two cup finals in a row won one, lost one, uh, and I think that the save that he made at the end of the clinching game against Detroit will go down as one of the great moments in Stanley Cup final history. Yep. Uh, I mean, he was he went full Hashik, if you will, um, <laughs> and was just throwing anything he could at wherever the puck was going to keep it out. And it's still one part of the most game today. It is. It is. Uh, he's not a pad stacker. He's a throw a limb in front of it and keep it out guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fun to reminisce. And when you, and when you get into it, you know, for as long as I have been, I guess, um, being able to look back a decade at, at a, a piece that you wrote and see where he's come since then, now being the third goaltender in NHL history to win 500, it's pretty, pretty remarkable. Um and, you know, I, some folks were saying, you know, why did he go uh, in Chicago? Uh, they had a, a stretch of games there where they had five of six on the road. They went to Washington, MSG, and, and then the beautiful new home barn for the Islanders came home for one against the Rangers before heading up to Canada and doing the Montreal-Toronto swing. Uh, and Flurry carried the mail in in five of those, or four of the five road games, uh, and came home and did the Ranger game on the seventh of December. And some people were wondering why he would get that start. Not a great game. A couple empty netters that made it a little bit more lopsided. But I think everyone who watched as this was playing out said, "Okay, he got four ninety nine at the Islanders." a kid that grew up just outside of Montreal, how great would it be if he went to his hometown and picked up 500 in his hometown with his yes. family able to be there, which is what ended up happening. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, uh, one of the coolest dang things that I've seen in a professional sporting event in a long time was the response from the Habs fans. A uh, couple times in the closing minutes. They can't uh, cheer for their own team. <laughs> Well, and I mean, let's be real here. There's not much for them to cheer yeah, for exactly. on the home side these days. Uh, the, the the Canadiens are having a rough go this year. Uh, but chanting his name, you could see the emotion. So, you know, huge props to the Montreal fans. Most of their players stayed on the bench and, and tapped their sticks as he was kind of taking a victory lap after being congratulated by his teammates. The Blackhawks all stayed out on the ice as he kind of circled the wagons a little bit and, and tipped his helmet and stick to the crowd before he rode off into the sunset. Just a great moment, and it kind of reminds you, I think, of what all of us that love the game felt, how we fell in love with the game. It was moments like that. 
seeing great players be acknowledged by great hockey fans, whether it's hometown or road. And we've seen a lot of really remarkable moments happen on the road. I think last night at Madison Square Garden in the NBA, the way that Knicks fans applauded Steph Curry when he broke the three-point record was another like that. The difference is Steph Curry didn't grow up 20 minutes from Madison Square Garden like Marc-Andre Fleury did. Yeah. That was just basketball fans in New York City applauding a record being broken and appreciating the history. Uh, in Montreal, it really felt like there was something, a personal connection between the flower and the fans there. And, you know, if they didn't have one of the other great goaltenders of this generation, who knows, maybe there'd be a homecoming possible. But obviously they've got Carey Price locked up for, for a few dollars in a few years here. So I really don't see how a scenario like that could play out uh, but great moment. Uh, and you're right, since the coaching change, uh, he's been one of the better netminders in the National Hockey League. You know, there have been a couple hiccups, uh, but he's been really exceptional. And a big reason that the Hawks have, have made things a little bit more interesting of late, uh, now 10-15-2 uh, as they host Washington tonight. And I think, uh, you know, on another note, touching on the COVID thing, Sounds like the Blackhawks are, are pretty fortunate that the NHL stepped in on Monday and put the Calgary Flames on hold before they played. Yeah. Because it looks like everybody Calgary's been in contact with is having issues, and the Flames themselves had 17 people uh, land on the COVID list today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you talk about that volume of players. You know, rescheduling however many games it's going to take for them to, to sit. You know, obviously with Christmas, you got a little bit of a lighter schedule next. You know, in the next week and a half or so, but then it gets kind of condensed between Christmas and uh, the All Star Game pushback, and then the Olympics. Well, if they don't so, go to the Olympics tab, there's your two weeks of making up all the games, right? Well, in theory. But I think if you're an opposing team, you've got every right to complain about the fact that your players aren't getting the same. Let's say they truncate it from from two weeks down to 10 days. Your players aren't getting the same layoff that every other team is because you have to deal with the fact that the Calgary Flames have to make up two, four, six games. Um, That puts you at a disadvantage because now you're playing games. Your players don't get that rest. Everybody else is going to come back from – you know, 10 days, two weeks, a little bit more physically rejuvenated, have, you know, theoretically have a little more bounce in their step. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see if they do, if they are able to take advantage of that. But I think with the way that COVID's trending in all of professional sports, I mean, look, the NFL is a hundred plus players in COVID protocol right now. The NBA is a mess. Every professional sport that is playing right now is a mess because this thing passes so easily. The good news is that the vaccine is keeping it from really being, uh, you know, as physically damaging as it's been for some who have had it in the past. But with the way that it's trending in the National Hockey League, you know, I I don't think Robin Lehner is going to be the only guy that stays home. And I think it's only a matter of time before the Players Association takes a pass. As much as it'll hurt them, and you think about some of the key guys that this could very realistically be their last go-round, you know, or Sidney Crosby, Patrick Kane. I mean, these guys are going to be in their mid to late 30s by the time you get another crack at the Winter Games. Um, you know, will they still be in a position to represent 
their countries at that stage of their career. Um, so there will be some key guys that this is going to be a really tough decision for. But with everything that, you know, there's the legislative side with China not getting back to the NHL and the Players Association about whether or not that three-week lockdown is going to be mandatory. Uh, but then just looking at how things are trending in the National Hockey League, you would think that being able to realistically quarantine your guys for two weeks and get them all healthy would make the most sense at this point, even if, again, they cut that back a little bit. But, you know, I, I don't know that the NHL would be able to or if the players and other teams wouldn't pitch a fit about losing that break just to accommodate Calgary having a massive outbreak. Yeah, look, I mean, we're not there yet, but we will have to see. I'm just curious to see what they would do with that if they do decide, let's say, in the next week or two. You, you wonder, Tab, how long this is going to take until they make the decision. It's going to go down to the wire. You know, personally for me, I think, like I said, if, if this is me and I'm going out there, no matter what stage of my career I'm at, but if I definitely got kids and stuff and everything else, I mean, just because if it was normal times, you know, even with the political side of things and state of the world, you might, you know, China and everything else. But, um, you know, I think it's with the testing protocols. I mean, if you, you get you get there, you make that whole travel, then you get tested, you know, you're shut down for the tournament. You're not going to get to play. I mean, the league is in a kind of, I guess, all the sports league here. Like you said with the vaccines, most of the guys are getting tested. They're not either not having symptoms or they're not getting really sick. But they have to do the automatic, you know, the protocol and the quarantine. And, um, you know, I don't know how much we need to really... That's not a complaint thing or a harp on. And I think, you know, I guess, Tab, I'll throw this back to you. To a point where we accept that this is just a part of life right now. Because even in our personal lives right now, I mean... Uh, my kids' junior high school just got shut down because of the COVID cases. Um, you know, you're seeing it in, in other aspects of life here and, and states now having to make decisions one way or the other, depending on vaccination rates. But what I'm trying to get at is it's like, do we just got to take this as what it is, let the league deal with this one way or the other, and we as fans, we just got to hang out. And if some of us, our team loses games, manpower, all that other stuff, we just got to deal with it this year, and, and hopefully we get on the other side and, and hopefully we can get on some kind of consistency once the spring comes around and, and, and gun them for the playoffs in the Stanley Cup. Well, this is the problem. I mean, Calgary is off to a, I think, better than anticipated start. And where you're seeing this really have an impact in every league right now is teams with playoff aspirations. These are games that are going to be missed, that are going to be postponed. Some of them that have already been played and lost without key players on the ice. Uh, and in other sports, I mean, look, the Chicago Bulls were off to a great start. They've got 10 guys in quarantine. They got two games bang this week. And they, you know, look like a potential Eastern Conference final candidate. And then they're getting hammered by teams like Miami because they've got, like, their top eight players in COVID protocol. And so it's hard because you play this thing forward and you get to April, whether you're NBA or NHL and you're going to be looking at playoff seating where there might be teams that aren't in that missed it by two points, four points that had key guys miss games in November, December, January. Um, you're going to have teams that are a five seed instead of a two seed that are on the road that have a stiffer uphill climb because they had games that were impacted by it. The whole thing is a mess and there really isn't an easy way out. Uh, you know, to borrow a song from a Rocky soundtrack, uh, there's no shortcut home. Uh, but uh, there, there, there is no answer. There's, there's no easy fix. Uh, and I, I think 
the really hard thing is when you have teams like look, the Blackhawks had it earlier this year and they played through it and they were playing like crap at the time. Could that have turned the thing around a little bit? I don't, I doubt it, but the Blackhawks have dealt with it. The Islanders have had games get banged and that's affected teams. Uh, So, you know, this is, and look for Calgary coming to Chicago is not a short road trip. And it looks like they're just banging that back to after the new year, but it's it, there is no easy fix, uh, and I don't think that the league can make m- massive concessions from either a salary cap perspective or, you know, a roster perspective to have these teams playing games with their AHL rosters because it's disingenuous to the process. And so I think we're just going to have to brace ourselves for the reality that the playoff seeding when we get there in April is going to be directly impacted by the COVID issues that we've experienced thus far. And we're, I, the Calgary Flames are not going to be the last team to have games get moved. Let's just own that right now. Um, so the real trick is going to be, like you said, when we get to the spring, try and figure out what we've got to do as a league and as a society to get ourselves into a place where people are taking care of themselves. We don't have as many guys at once testing positive try and figure out what we got to do to keep it from spreading within that room. Uh, and if you got to go back to stricter protocols, even for the vaccinated guys, do it because it, it's going to save the integrity of the game, the integrity of the playoffs. And then you're just, you're going to have some really ugly lopsided under seeds that you're going to say, look, there's no way that this team should be a six. Yeah. They're not a wild team. They should have won their division, but they're going to end up sneaking in the back door as a wild card and giving some higher seed hell because they had games that they and guys that they were missing. So it's going to make for a lot of conversation, a lot of intrigue with how the NHL is going to rectify moving these games around for as many teams and the travel is going to be insane. But they got to do something about it because it's not going away anytime soon. No, no doubt about it. And then, you know, swinging back to the Hawks here and, and talking about Flurry and obviously the game tonight against the Caps and the two games in between, uh, the win and the loss there against, uh, you know, the Habs and the Leafs. Um, I know it's a short little span here, but, you know, combined with Flurry, uh, him playing and then seeing the team, you know, I, I know we touched on this last week here too, but as we even go two games ahead uh, and then into last night tonight, um, you know, Tab, I guess is, is the. Um, is this reflecting back on the fan base and the buzz on the team in town in Chicago? Uh, you covering the team here as well, too. Happy again, continuing on to see. Is there anything that, you know, you get the 2 nothing win against the Habs, which you expect. You put up four spot against the Leafs. Maybe you want to talk about that game a little bit and obviously the break before going tonight. But, you know, as we go game to game here with Derek King, things okay? Things in, in, in good hands? Yeah, I, I think the fan base is is increasingly falling in love with Derek King. He's a, again, we've talked about this from a personality perspective, polar opposite of Jeremy Carlton, constantly joking, having a good time, telling the players to play their game, uh, not trying to force any kind of structure down anybody's throat, which I think is a huge difference from Carlton. Seems like the players are really responding to what he's doing. There are still some things that people are asking, you know scratching their heads about. Dylan Strom still on the trade block. He's a guy that gets healthy scratched because they need to see better effort. And then, you know, the last couple of days, he's shown up on the top line with the Brinkett and Kane in practice. So outhouse to the one spot, a little awkward there. Um, you know, 
Johnny Taves finally got on the board in Montreal and then scored again against Toronto. So it looks like he found the stroke a little bit. Uh, got that career-long goal drought out of the way, and you could see the relief on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Toronto game really showed me a lot because the Hawks came into that banged up, missing a couple guys, some guys coming back from injuries, and they were down 4-1, and that game looked like it was dead in the water. And they erased a three-goal deficit and tied that thing at four in the third period before Toronto got a kind of a fluky bounce, and Lankin went out to play a dump-in that hit a, a bump and kicked square out into the middle of the ice where a guy was waiting for it with an empty net. Of course, it was a former Blackhawk, David Camp, that scored that game winner, but... Um, but that loss against the Toronto team really showed me a lot because four one they could have folded real quick, and after a really ugly performance at home against the Rangers just four days earlier, uh, you know when they got down four to one, I think that a lot of the narrative that you heard from fans on social media was this is a team that can beat a team that sucks like Montreal. But when you go against a legit team, you're going to get your butt kicked. Yeah. And they fought back. And they fought all the way back. And it sucks that they didn't get a point out of it and at least drag that thing into overtime, if not steal the win completely. Because that was a really strong effort. And that was an effort that we flat out didn't see when Jeremy Colton was the head coach. Um, and they've had a couple games. An overtime win against the St. Louis Blues back Thanksgiving weekend. Again, Lankin in the net that really showed that they've got some pushback. And, yes, there have been some really ugly games. At Calgary, the one against the, the Rangers, there have been some games that they just looked completely outmatched. But they're fighting and they're trying, and you didn't say that very often when Jeremy Colton was the head coach. So um, it's encouraging. It's a damn shame that they wasted the first dozen games of the season on a coach that nobody wanted to play for. And I don't think many guys in the room fully respected. Um, Because if they'd started the year with a guy like Derek King calling the shots and played the whole season the way that they have, with the struggles that every other team is going through, whether it's COVID or health, you know, Colorado has been banged up a lot, had some really key guys missing missing time. You know, they, they might be a more interesting team than they are right now. And I do think that, if they keep doing what they're doing, you look at this next stretch of games after hosting Washington tonight. They've got an upstart Nashville team. They're in Dallas. They get Florida here two games before Christmas. They got Florida and Dallas at the United Center. And then after Christmas, they've got Columbus. They're at Winnipeg and at Nashville on New Year's Day. Um, it's an interesting stretch with some games that I think that they should be able to win. Whether or not they do, obviously, they got to play the game. But uh, but they've you've seen a better effort most nights than you saw with Jeremy Calton, and I think that that's encouraging. But I think they dug themselves enough of a hole that we're going to, in, in shows that follow up here and getting into January, that we're going to be talking trade deadline and that the Blackhawks could probably go from pushing all of their chips in, in free agency this summer, making the big deal for Seth Jones, making the big deal for Fleury, um, to ultimately possibly selling. And obviously I think Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be a guy in the final year of his contract as well as he has in the last month or so. That he's a guy that I think teams that are close that feel like they need that number one or 1A, 1B 
compliment are going to have to really consider. And the question for Flower, as we talked about at the beginning of the year, is he is he going to want to move his family? Yeah. Because there were there were talks that he would just walk away and not move from Vegas, where he'd really set he set in some roots. Uh, is he going to want to leave Chicago to go chase it for the rest of a season? Is this his swan song, or does he feel like he's got some gas left in the tank after this year? Um, but unfortunately, I think the Hawks dug themselves enough of a hole that they're going to have to really put together Herculean effort for the playoffs to be any kind of a reality at this point. So it's going to be interesting to see how they shield guys. You know, obviously Dylan Strom's been a trade guy. People have been watching whether or not he's here since the summer. Um, you know, start of the season, whether it was the trade block or dog hops, a missing games because he was up in the press box. Um, you got other guys, Calvin DeHaan, I think, that whose name is circulating. That would be a, a guy that could move. So how do they shield guys that could be potential trade assets? Uh, and how do they play these guys? And how do the veterans on this team really kind of strap it in and go for it? And, and is there that Herculean effort that would n- need to come from them to make them an interesting playoff team? Because, again, COVID's going to create opportunities for – most teams in the National Hockey League to be interesting if they can stay healthy and get their act together. So it'll be interesting to see what the Hawks do. I think they've got about a month from today. You look between now and about January 15th to really firmly cement themselves as either a sell or do we hold and see where this thing goes. Um, But it's going to be interesting to see how things play out in Chicago. But I do believe that Derek King has been a breath of fresh air that they needed and the response that you've seen from them has been uh, really impressive. Even if they're alternating wins and losses since the middle of November, what you've seen is a much better effort. And that's all you can hope for as a fan. And I think that the fans are warming back up to this team after everything that they dealt with in October with the ugly start and the Kyle Beach uh, stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. Um I think most of Chicago is really sour on this team. And I think that they've started to warm to it with Fleury's personality coming through and the improved play. And uh, again, Derek King's personality being a breath of fresh air and the way that some of these guys are starting to pick up their play a little bit. Um, So it's been a positive, I think six weeks since Jeremy Colleton got run, but it hasn't been positive enough that we're talking playoffs. Yeah. Well, I think all Derek King's trying and fighting Hawks, all they got to do is, you know, they're only 10 points out of a wild spot, wild card spot right now. If they can hang close there in an eight, six point range, you never know. Things might happen. But yeah, that's still a, an incredibly tough decision about which way to go in terms of where the team is at. All the great things you just said as far as, you know, trades and moving guys and thinking about the long term future. But at least it's, uh, it's a lot better than uh, how things started, which you uh, also noted uh, as well as far as the Hawks at the beginning of the season. Tab, before I let you go, uh, two quick takes on two streaks going on right now. Bruce Boudreaux's crushing Canucks, five straight wins, a hell of a comeback last night against Columbus. I couldn't believe it. I saw that uh, they were down 3 nothing last night. I was like, oh, they brought back down the reality. I opened up the uh, phone today and saw that they came back and won. Crazy town in Vancouver now at Bruce. And also the Oilers losing six straight. Just those two teams right now, and quick thoughts on those before I let you go. Uh, I mean, look, the Oilers are banged up. And I think a lot of people, even with the addition of Duncan Keith, had questions about their blue line. And when you lose Darnell Nurse for a fairly extended period of time, and then Keith is out of the lineup for a while as well, 
Um, a blue line that had some questions just lost some of its top end depth, and that hurts. Um, I don't think it's a reflection on like Connor McDavid taking a couple weeks off by any means, but I do think that there are patches on your schedule where you need to be healthy and you got some opponents that are going to give you what they can. And the reality for Edmonton is that look, they're not Tampa, they haven't won a Stanley Cup in God knows how long, but. When you've got McDavid and Dreisaitl, every team is going to give you their absolute best defensive effort when they go against those two because all you hear about is how good they are offensively. So they're going to get everybody's best shot just like they're a defending champ. And they've run into a rough patch with some of the wrong guys missing out of the lineup. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a come to earth for them, but I, I think that their offensive firepower is good enough that they'll be interesting. But what you are seeing is that the issues that have plagued them when they've had the opportunity to make the postseason, you know, look at how they got bounced by the Blackhawks in the bubble. Um, teams can structure themselves to beat them in those three to two games if they just absolutely say, there's no way in hell McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to beat us. And that's been an issue for them. And look, the way that they've spent their money, it's going to be that way because they're a very financially top heavy team. That's just reality. So, uh, so they've got, it's raising questions that I think that they're going to have to think about as they try and start looking towards the playoffs. Uh, in Vancouver, look, we've, we've, we talked about the Blackhawks in the exact same light. If you think that the relationship between a coach and his players doesn't affect the on-ice performance, uh, I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you <laughs> where the Coyotes probably won't play because it has tax dollars that need to be paid. Um, it, it, what I think is painfully obvious is that Vancouver Canucks did not want to play for their coach. And just as I, I've just said over the last 20 minutes or so about the effort and the enthusiasm that's changed in Chicago since Derek King took over for Jeremy Carlton, you're seeing it in the exact same way in Vancouver. And the difference is Bruce Boudreaux isn't a guy that's getting a, a bump up for his first crack at the National Hockey League like Derek King. Mm-hmm. There's a guy that's been through the wars, and we talked when they made the change. Like, how is he going to respond to having a young team? And I think he's responded pretty well, and obviously the t- play on the ice has responded incredibly well. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think, again, for what I said about it being an absolute shame that the Blackhawks waited as long as they did to make the coaching change, Canucks fans have got to be doubly pissed about them taking as long as they did because what you've seen on the ice sense is what you expected at the start of the year. And you didn't get it for a month longer than Chicago did with Carlton. So, um, but look, this is where you start having conversations about GMs tying themselves to coaches and the fact that a coach's job security sometimes extends beyond the bench and into the front office. And obviously Vancouver is in a search for more than just, uh, you know, permanence behind the bench. They're, they're making a lot of changes. They went wholesale with it as Chicago did, but Chicago did not obviously, you know, remove Stan Bowman uh, and others from their front office because of the play on the ice. But uh, you've got a situation where you are being shown once again, that it's a player's league. And if the players don't like the coach, it's not going to happen. No matter how much you scream and no matter how much you want them to, no matter how many times you get, throw veiled comments about, you know, getting their act together to the media, 
whether it's the GM or the coach, if they're not responding, they're not going to respond. And that's just what it is. And I think the Vancouver Canucks quit on their head coach, and we're just waiting for a change to really start getting it together. And you've seen them now, again, insane comeback last night. Uh, I think that they're a team to be reckoned with because that division sucks. Uh, and they're going to be able to make some noise. But again, did they, like the Blackhawks, dig too deep of a hole to climb out? And I, I think that they'll benefit from being, in, a, in my estimation, a worse division than the Blackhawks are. But they've got a long hill to climb to get out of it. Uh, and so it, it always makes you scratch your head when you see them flip the switch like they have, like the Blackhawks have. Like what exactly took so long for it to get through to the front office or ownership in the case of Vancouver that it wasn't working because of the voice behind the bench? Because they wasted two months, not one month in Vancouver uh, and now they got a big hill to climb well they're having a blast in Vancouver man great points there tab as always and um, we will see how things move on here I will get into the winter classic coming up here next over the next couple weeks and the juniors as well we'll swing back next week too I want to d- dive in a little more too with Cater and Taze as well too playing under uh, Derek King we'll follow up with that uh, but again congrats on the uh, the flurry um, column and also to your buddy serving and everybody in the Navy singing last last Saturday what a great game good times man and a man love those unis brother good stuff those uniforms were gorgeous gorgeous (laughs) hashtag beat army yeah it was great stuff great game so congratulations to uh, your buddy who's serving and and everybody's serving everybody in Navy great stuff and Tab as always thanks for a great hit here on THS have a wonderful evening man Uh, good chatting with you we'll do it again soon All right, brother. Take care. Tap Bamford, ladies and gentlemen, right here on that hockey show. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in, hanging out with me and the guys. We appreciate you listening as always. Want to wish you guys a great weekend. Enjoy the games. And uh, we'll be back at this uh, next week and uh, leading right up to, uh, you know, New Year's, Christmas. Winter Classic and all that stuff. So, a couple more shows left in 2021 before we flip over to 2022. So, until then, on behalf of Joe Yard and Tad Bamford, Steve Lumbo, and myself, you're truly Mr. Paul Cuthbert. Be safe, stay healthy out there. And as always, especially if you're on the ice with Jacob Truba, keep your head up. THS is out. <laughs>